and thank you for tuning into the PMDD podcast. My name is Adriana and firstly, I want to express how grateful I am for everyone listening in and sharing the previous episodes. The purpose of the podcast is to raise awareness around PMDD and together we are doing just that. So thank you. Before we get straight into the next episode, a disclaimer. I am not a medical health expert. I am warning listeners that there may be sensitive topics surrounding mental health and health procedures. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. My next guest today is Libby, and she will be sharing her personal journey with PMDD. Libby and I connected through social media, and it turns out that we were both personal trainers in a fitness studio in Melbourne. Small world, hey? Thank you for catching up with me today, Libby. It is my pleasure. Happy to be here. I do want to ask first, when did you find out about what PMDD is? Probably like four years ago through a bit of research myself just around, you know, hormonal issues and things like that. And I actually had a naturopath that I was seeing at the time mention something to me about it and I'd you know, I'd seen it online and so I did start looking into it and I'm like, this is, this is me. <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah, at that point it's just a lot of research, a lot of looking into it. Um, you know, I spoke to my mum about it. She was a nurse. She also struggled with her hormones when she was younger too. So, um, you know, she likes to look up things too. So it was sort of a joint effort. But, um, yeah, just through the internet, I mean, you could ask a doctor about it, but whether they know about it or not, it took a while after that to get anybody to sort of acknowledge it. So at that point four years ago, what type of symptoms were you having? Oh, God. Be quicker for me to list which ones I don't get. <laughs> um, yeah, it, the anxiety was a big one. Anxiety, the depression. Uh, the crying, I think we spoke about that. Um, yeah, just the days or like the nonstop bouts of crying. Um, fatigue was a big one, like energy, lack of focus, um, the anger, like pure rage and just despair really within my body uh, physically. Like I had like pains, constant pain all over the body, the hand cramps, the feet cramps. Um, yeah, you feel like your body's on fire. It's like that feeling where you want to rip your skin off. You just, you want to be anywhere else but in your body. And that was like kind of when it was at its peak and made me kind of think like this is a little bit more than your average premenstrual stuff. Mm. Had you linked it to your menstrual cycle at this point? Yes. So I started tracking my cycles for like six or seven years ago. Um, after losing my period, I had to track them to once they became regular again. Um, and the app allows you to, you know, mood, feelings, all those types of things. And 
but it didn't have <laughs> it didn't have categories for what I was feeling. It would just be like sad or happy. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was extreme ends of either scale. So yeah, it was kind of through tracking it that I realized. And it was the two weeks before. And then I started doing the research about ovulation to kind of learn when you do that. Now I don't know a lot of other females I talk to don't get this, but I can pretty much pinpoint the exact moment I ovulate without taking my temperature, without looking at an app. Like I know I get ovulation pain. Um, so it was literally after that, up until my period was the the symptoms. So yeah, it was quite obvious. And so you had a naturopath at this point. Mm. Um, sort of, d- did they guide you along? What was what did they sort of help you with, or did they point you in a direction? They said to potentially speak to a doctor, although to be careful because I was seeing a naturopath for reasons related to coming off the pill, which was prescribed by a doctor. So it was like this back and forth handball thing. But um, she was really good with diet and things like that. Um, And then you've got the whole supplement stuff. But, yeah, it did help for a while. But I think anybody who knows what dealing with PMDD is like, it's like you find one thing, it works for a little bit, and it just stops working. It just stops. So you do. You get a bit discouraged, but, you know, you you learn something every time. So, you know, she was helpful, but it did sort of get the ball rolling and figure out what was going on. So, so yeah. tell me, so tell me about the ball rolling into with other professionals sort of since then. Um, so I had a therapist at the time and she was great. I've been seeing her for years. Um, and she was open to the idea of, of me having it. She knew what it was, which was really good. Um, doctors, not so much. Um, they either didn't know, never heard of it, or didn't know what it was, or just said, well, or no, you, you, you're just depressed, or it's just PMS, you know, go on this, go on that. So it was, it was hard. It, sometimes you feel like you're figuring it all out for yourself and you're supposed to go to a professional and, you know, you, you, nobody really listens. So it's sort of like, and then you don't want to be one of those people that's constantly self-diagnosing themselves with things either. But, I mean, you can find the communities online, you can read as much as you want, but until you've actually gone through this personally, like only you know that you've mm-hmm. got it. Over the past four years, give me a bit more insight, I guess, in the nutrition aspect. What sort of what sort of helped? Nutrition for me has always been hard. Like eating healthy has always been a big part of my life, but I did suffer from an eating disorder for a fair few years. So it was kind of just getting myself to that point of fueling my body healthily first um, and then looking at what I was eating. Uh, I don't eat meat, so that that's just a personal preference. I don't like the taste of it. Like I never really have. Um so that obviously can cause a lot of other issues in terms of like iron and things like that. But it was mainly just doing the research on things that can be really helpful, especially in the certain periods, phases, sorry, phases of the um, cycle. Like I've done so much research on that. And you're eating seeds and you're doing this and you're combining foods and you have to be able to enjoy that side of 
finding out what works. I've always enjoyed making food, cooking food. I actually worked in a kitchen for almost three years. So that's always been something I've enjoyed. And eating healthy is just something I do. I do love ice cream, chocolate. Like, give me a bag of chips. It's gone in two seconds. But and I but and I know, I know that at a certain phase of my cycle, like you have to avoid those things and it is hard. But I guess, you know, everything in moderation. Um, <laughs> it does it, it can be a bit of a dampener on things, but I mean you weigh up the pros and cons of, you know, giving in to something and then the outcome, potential repercussions of that, and then you know. You just got to work out what works for you, though. Like there are so many groups and women are like, what do you eat? Try this diet. Try that diet. It's not working for you because you don't eat this. I don't look at that. I don't listen to that um, because I do believe that it is a very personal and intuitive thing, what you choose to put in your body. It's not going to work if you don't believe in it. Mm. I'm not going to go and eat a steak because somebody's told me to because I'm going to hate it. Mm. And even if it's doing something good for me, I'm not going to think that it is. (laughs) I have this argument with my partner all the time (laughs) but yeah would you say that just even knowing about what PMDD is and having that research helps with the symptoms sometimes yes sometimes no I feel like if you can get if you get fixated on what the symptoms are and like I know them so well like I know the list it's you know (laughs) If you get fixated on what they are, it's almost as if you are on high alert all the time looking out for them. And even the smallest thing, you'll be like, oh, this is that or this is, you know, I'm going to cry or whatever. Um, So knowing it does help because it can make you more aware and being mindful of where you're at in your cycle and how you may be feeling. But I think they're not helpful when you're in that time. It's not helpful to, you know, go through your list. Do I have this? Do I have that? You know, have I felt this today? Have I felt that? Because it just, yeah, it's fixation. And I think as well, like food, emotions, especially and feelings, is also something that everybody experiences differently. Mm. Um, I think having an awareness of yourself first and foremost is really important when it comes to identifying your symptoms and what each one of those symptoms means to you because my anger may not be the same as your anger and how you feel it, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it's a very individualised thing, can be helpful, can also not be helpful. (laughs) Mm, That's so very true. Is there anything else that sort of helped other practitioners maybe that you've seen over the time or maybe particular practices that you've done that you've found helpful? I was lucky enough to meet a professor who specialises in PMDD. Um, She's actually really hard to get any kind of appointment with, but I was lucky enough to meet her earlier this year and it was the first time that anybody actually ever really said, yes, you you do have this condition. Um, And it was, you know, we spoke about this and I felt seen for the first time and it was almost like I almost get emotional talking about it now um because it was just like I get I get you you do have this you're not crazy um 
so that kind of I think at the start of the year for me got the ball rolling in a different way it was like all right well it's confirmed because I've never really backed myself 100% in anything in life and it's you know that can be hard so I thought I'd had this but how sure can you be you know when you get told by someone who knows and you know confirmed it in the the nicest way possible um it kind of I left walking away going all right well you know let's keep it moving and let's find new ways to deal and things like that and I think moments like that for me are really important because when I do get stuck in a not so great place mentally like I'll stay there for a while I'll make myself comfortable and I'll stay so having moments like that and just being able to feel lighter and to have a new almost lease on life to be like all right let's try something new or that gives me the energy to then try new things and try new practices and things to put in place. Um, As far as practices go, like I have my own practice of yoga and meditation that for a long time I did it not realising the benefits it was having. It was just kind of like, oh, I enjoyed doing this. But like I think since becoming a yoga teacher and becoming a lot closer with to people that have the same kind of belief system and we're interested in the same things and you can have these conversations that do give you a a different way of looking at things and I've applied that to my situation a fair bit recently and it definitely helps um when I have the capacity to (laughs) um but just as well the practice of yoga and mainly meditation like it's I've tortured my body with exercise for years but it's such I find it so nourishing to the body and the mind I think it's what I've needed for a long time but I've just never really been willing to kind of give in to the fact that you know you're not really doing much for yourself if you're not burning 2,000 calories a workout so yeah that's definitely been a big factor in all of that for me and you spoke about the people, you know, that you're in a community now of like-minded people. So mm. when, when you're talking about PMDD, how how do you personally describe it to others? Well, it's hard because you kind of have to pick and choose your audience. Um, I always used to describe it as PMS on steroids. <laughs> but the thing is... Unfortunately, especially in like today's society, people will only hear what they relate to. Mm. So when I say PMS on steroids, everybody, oh yeah, I get PMS. And it's like, no, no, you don't get this. But I think just picking and choosing as well, like who you, who you share it with and, and, and if people genuinely do want to know what it is. And, you know, I'm not afraid to drop the big words because they want to know, well, how is it different to PMS? And it's like, you know, when you start talking about things like self-harm and suicidal thoughts, people go, oh, okay, crap. It really is different. But, yeah, not everybody wants to listen. Not everybody wants to know, and that's fine, you know. That's something that I've, you know, trying to get better at coming to terms with because we are all essentially wrapped up in our own worlds Um, But, no, there are people and there have been people that are willing to listen and that I think that is really helpful 
because in some way or another, like you're you're able to talk about it, and if someone's giving you a space, safe space to talk about it, that can actually be really helpful to the condition in a way, mm-hmm. because it's a lot of it, a lot of the dark parts of it. I just feel are things that we're not allowed to talk about, or you know, you shouldn't mention in social settings, and that's fine. I'll talk about it with you know like-minded people or people that are actually willing to listen. So. Yeah. Mm, I think that you said something very important there is, you know, choosing your audience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the way that you explain it to others, I think that that was really important. You have spoken about how it affects you internally. How has it affected you, affected you externally in terms of, we'll start with relationships? It's, it's hard enough navigating a relationship in the first place you have to be willing to communicate and that's not something I've always been that great at unfortunately I have a very harsh way of communicating um (laughs) so that has been tough I mean you can argue with your partner you can but you're not coming from a logical place when you're in that dark PMDD space like you're not logical and unfortunately like it is really easy the other person to take things personally and that's something that I think my partner and I really work on is not taking things personally but first and foremost communicating because things will happen and it's like how did that even happen like I was making rice the other week I cook a big thing of rice every Sunday for the dog's food and he comes in and he's like oh can you put some rice aside for me and I'm like in my OCD, PMDD brain, I'm like, how much? And he's like, whatever, you just just put some in a container. And I'm like, give yeah, it how much? He's like, I don't know, 400 grams. And I'm like, dried or steamed? Because it's already started cooking and it can't weigh it dried. And he was just like, what? And I'm just like screaming. He's like, what is wrong? And I'm like, it's not about the rice. You know what I mean? Because like I hadn't been feeling good before the rice, but I failed to communicate that. And it just becomes this whole thing. And, you know, it can really affect (laughs) your relationship, Um, but it can also strengthen it. You know, I think when you find a coping mechanism or something that works and you you both realise like, hey, this actually worked this time, um, that's a good feeling, you know, and I think me as well being able to acknowledge and communicate um, when something has worked and when, He's done something that I really appreciated. Like that can go a long way and I don't think I do that enough. So, yeah, it's a, it's a constant, constantly something to work on. Your mum. Yes, bless her. She seems like she's had quite a big involvement. Oh, huge. Time. Yeah, my mum's like my best friend. Try and get through this without crying. <laughs> um there's not one thing she wouldn't do for anybody she loves. You know, I see that all the time. Um, But she has really gone above and beyond in trying to help and find answers and making phone calls and, you know, I mean, she's been the one to have to drive me to the hospital twice when it's been really bad. She's waited hours. She's seen me in some pretty pretty devastating states but she never it's almost like her strength gets even more you know what I mean when you think this woman 
can't take anymore. It's almost like, no, nah, here she is again, like the Energizer Bunny. But um, no, I think, and I think it's been almost like cathartic in a way for her because she said she experienced really similar things growing up. And I guess back then she had a pretty open family, but this kind of stuff wasn't spoken about. And we actually had a moment where she was like, shit, like, I think I had this. You know, and, and through seeing me go through it, I think we've been able to talk about and share things that we otherwise maybe wouldn't have. That we would have wanted to but never got the opportunity to. Um, so it's really good knowing that, like, I have her mm. and it's just it's a nice feeling because, I mean, you probably know, and I think we spoke about this the other day, like, I don't know when I can get in that mode and it's like first there's the anger and then there's the sadness and sometimes you revert back to it like a child it's childlike and what does a child need they just need their mom you know and she's always there so I love her dearly and I just appreciate her so much and everything yeah she does I want to meet your mom (laughs) You can. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely will when I'm next down there for sure. Yeah, of course. So you are a yoga teacher Mm -hmm. at the moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, It sounds like a very safe place. Has there been any uh, previous workplaces where you've noticed that the PMDD has been unmanageable? I mean, I've experienced my symptoms in every single workplace I've worked in. And I had previously worked in a commercial kitchen environment at a school and I had the best boss in the world. I actually met her through when I was a PT and she's like, come and work for me. And I did. And it was amazing. It was great. She knew how I was. She knew it like she was just the best. And then um, she went on maternity leave to have her beautiful baby and everything new person comes in quick change of blah blah blah, and I was like oh my god like I just it was the worst like it was probably for a year just oh it's all a blur because I just was like it wasn't safe that safety was gone um so that was really hard I think um in terms of when I was a PT the early mornings and the physicalness of it, not good, <laughs> mm. not good. Um, that dis- like sleep cycle disruption and things like that and having to be like, you know, we worked at the same place, you've got to be this fun, enthusiastic person and I'm sorry, I just don't have it sometimes, you know, and I used to get in so much trouble, like you're not happy enough, why aren't you smiling, like, and that as well, I just, that, those kind of comments, like something's going to grind my gears, it's things like that. Smile, life's not that bad. It's like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. With that kind of situation, you've just really got to weigh up if it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just take into consideration, like, yourself. And you also have to know if you're taking on too much and if, just once again it's like you know pick and choose your audience like it's great to work in a place where you get along with people but you're not always going to get along with everybody 
Mm. Um, so that can make <laughs> it hard. And I think that's, that's normal. I think everybody experiences that. But on this level, it, it's, yeah. It's like you look at a situation like I, my previous job finished up when the pandemic hit and it was at a stage where I was kind of like, I don't know if I can work there anymore anyway. Mm. Just because of some of the things people had said in regards to my condition, some of the comments people had made, and it was sort of like, well, is this a healthy workplace anyway? You know what I mean? Like, would I ideally continue working here if I could? Mm. I mean, I've had a year and a half of lockdown to think about it, but I never went back anyway. So, (laughs) yeah, silver lining. How do you refer to hell week is it hell time is is there a specific word that you describe it as yeah probably hell week or just like I don't know like because I flag it with my mom and my partner like literally I'll just send them a text saying I'm hormonal like and that means it started like it has started because they're like you need to let us know when this starts because we have no idea and I'm like sometimes I don't even know like (laughs) But, like, you know, if, I tr- if I'm tracking things, if I'm looking at things and I'm aware, like, I will let them know. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's hell week. Um, but I've seen, you know, like the doomsday. Mm. And I, but things, I get hell week and doomsday. Like, <laughs> there's always going to be that one day that's, like, the peak, the climax of everything coming together that's worse than any of the other days. So it's kind of just like an apocalypse, really. How long is Hell Week for you? Is it a week or is it, does it change each month? I think it really depends. Like I've been trying to monitor things and try and like, it's almost like I need a spreadsheet, like to see trends in how long things last for and maybe why that's happened. Um, for a while there, it was it was two weeks. It was literally like from ovulation to period, like it was two weeks and it was all the time Mm. maybe not every symptom every day but it was all the time and then sometimes it's just a week Mm. um and then sometimes it's just sort of you know you get a few days leading up to your period or you cry you're angry you're tired but then I've I've actually noticed a bit more in the last like yeah I could have a complete symptom free month like it's completely free I'm like yes I'm cured like everything's happy and then it's like the day of my period, like I'm fine. I almost feel, feel a bit better. But day two, like that's doomsday. Mm. And it's like you think you're in the clear and then it's like bang. It's like just one day of absolute pure carnage. And it's even more shocking because you think like, well, this is not when it's supposed to happen or is it? Like it's so confusing. And, yeah, so, I mean, it's a mixed bag. Awareness, 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 awareness because you know, you can think you're having a good month and it'll hit you out of the blue. So interesting day two. And it just, I mean, it just highlights how different this is really for everyone. How does it come on? Does it come on quickly? Does it ease on? Oh, I'm pretty like aware of my anxiety to begin with. As soon as I start feeling anxiety, that's kind of like, I feel like that's the warning, but it can literally just go from good one minute to absolutely not the next like I it's like the other other day like started my morning fine felt great and within 20 minutes just 
tears, nonstop tears and the thoughts and the panic and the anxiety, like, and I'm thinking, why? Like, I was so fine. I was so fine. Um, so it came pretty quickly. I think I can manage it if the symptoms are, if the symptoms are like minor, they can still be there enough that I'm aware of them and it's not all consuming. I'm fine with that. I can go about my day. I'm used to feeling like that. But like when it goes to all consuming and you, you don't know that that's happened, you don't, you actually don't believe that it is the PMDD. You actually think there is something wrong with you. Mum is always like, you know, this is just the hormones. You know, this is, you know, you know what it is. And I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, something is wrong with me. I'm like, I am sick. Like, it is bad. You don't, you, it's consuming. You can't tell the difference. So when this happens, it sounds like the first, the first protocol is giving a text out to your partner. (laughs) your mum which is awesome yeah start doing that what's what other things do you do to cope with it I used to be quite the kind of person like I couldn't sit still I always had to be doing something and let and like if I wasn't like I felt useless like I would clean for hours just to not feel Mm. lazy and it doesn't help like when you have anxiety and fatigue this is something I'm still coming to terms with (laughs) resting like literally doing the bare minimum your your brain actually can't function when you're like this like your body you are literally allergic to your own body you're allergic to the hormone reaction going on your body and your brain can't function so i think if if you're in that situation if your best is making it to the toilet good on you you deserve a medal because like dude there have been days <laughs> Like, you know, having a shower is is the highlight of your day. Um, So I think resting, resting and just honouring your body and being able to say no to things that are either going to push you too far or give you anxiety. And I am a people pleaser. I say yes to crap all the time that I don't want to do, you know, whether it be like with my mum or I think I have a really hard time saying no, but I'm trying to get better at it because... I have to do what's best for myself. Otherwise, I've ended up in situations at times where it's because I've said yes to certain things and I'm a mess. I can't even do the thing I've said yes to. Last week, I was, and I said to my partner, I'm, like, I'm walking the dog, I'm having dinner, I'm still at work, I'm having dinner, and I'll be in the bedroom for the rest of the evening. <laughs> Please do not disturb. And it was good. Like, you know, he came home popped his head in, gave me a thumbs up, gave me a thumbs up back. So I think just being able to say, I'm doing this and that's what I'm doing and communicating it clearly. Yeah. Yeah, alone time, hey. Alone time. I mean, I get a lot of it. Like it's a very isolating condition, Mm. you know, whether you make it or not, essentially it is because like sometimes just being by yourself is the best thing for it. I would like to finish up on a positive so Mm -hmm. do you feel there are any positives that have come from being diagnosed with PMDD I mean first off you just want to go like hell no but like if you really think about it and this is what I think is so 
I don't know, powerful and amazing about the women that do go through this. There is no way that you can go <laughs> to the depths of hell so often every month and make it out the other side alive because some women don't and not have learned something whether it be about the condition or about yourself or even just a new coping mechanism you learn something every time big or small like it's an opportunity to learn and I think that's one of the most important things because it is it's crap it's not a good time like zero out of ten would not recommend to anybody but if there is a positive it's just like it can be really like transformative in terms of like personal growth and reflection because I mean you're going to learn some things about yourself that you really don't like but along the way I think like you can also learn that you know you're more capable than you thought Libby, you've been authentically courageous the way that you've spoken about it. I'm really grateful that you have come on to share your story. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I think you're doing an amazing thing. PMDD awareness is essentially suicide prevention. So it's good to see somebody doing something about it. And to have met you through this process has been the best part. Oh, thank you. I can't wait to catch up in person. (laughs) Same. I know. It'll be so cool. Awesome. Thank you so much again. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode has resonated with you. Stay up to date with the podcast by hitting the subscribe button or follow button. And lastly, my ultimate mission with this podcast is to raise awareness about PMDD. So if you know someone that may benefit from hearing this content, then please share with them. To connect with me, my email is the PMDD podcast at gmail.com or Instagram at adriana.fudge. Much love and thank you for tuning in. Look forward to chatting with you soon.